It's Brian, your lunatic friend. I'm reviewing my high school days and my journey through the 70s. It's all part of how I ended up on the West Coast in the Jesus movement and what they were calling Jesus music. I'll admit I had to Google a few things to get the timeline back, so I might be a little foggy on the exact uh, chain of events. Turns out I started high school in September of 1968. T. Wingate Andrews High School in High Point, North Carolina was brand new. It would be one of the first high schools to be integrated. Somebody shot Martin Luther King back in April. At the time, the world was in an uproar about everything. I had no idea what the civil rights movement was all about because I had all of my civil rights. I did notice in North Carolina that there were two sides of town. We had moved here from Washington State. My dad had come here to start a church. I was in the third grade. Dad called it Glad Tidings. It was in Kinston, North Carolina. The little church was across from a Dr. Pepper bottling company and down the street from McDonald's where they served happy meals before they were happy and they only cost 25 cents for the whole thing. My dad was starting a church from scratch. We were looking for a place to live that was cheap, and without realizing it, we had moved smack dab into the middle of a black side of town. We moved into a three-story southern mansion. It was probably cheap because it was in the wrong location. We would live there for several years with another family that was helping dad with the church. I mention this part of my life because this was the beginning of a musical influence that changed my directions. Because three years ago, I was playing accordion, and in my entire life, I had only seen one black person. Now most of my neighbors were black and my two best friends were Herman and Cotton. We would play football in a vacant lot across the street, but our favorite thing was pounding out rhythms on trash can lids out back of the house. It would be years before I would realize that the downbeat would land in a different place from what I'd learned earlier. All that to say, in 1968, they closed William Penn High School because it was all black and moved 70% of the student body over to the new school. I went to church with all white people, but I was one of only three white guys on the junior varsity football team in the 10th grade. I was second string, and I never got to play until Billy Boy Little got kicked out of the game. That would usually happen about third quarter. I wasn't really that good. I always joked that my football coach was the one who suggested I get into music. All that to say, when race riots started breaking out, I really didn't get it. But then I wasn't that interested in the news. I just knew there was a lot of rebellion going on, and everyone involved was just a bunch of troublemakers. While I was leading, a little youth group in a little church. We were trying to be relevant. Andre Crouch was singing I've Got Confidence and the Imperials, a quartet gospel group would come out with a record called Time to Get It Together. So they started covering songs from the Beatles. Let it be, let it be and George Harrison's My Sweet Lord and then there was Paul Simon's song Like a Bridge Over Troubled Water and they also covered a song by Ann Murray. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. It was very hippie-ish. Made you want to gather in a group and hold hands. Seemed like nobody was writing that kind of songs in church. And I didn't hear about Larry Norman back in 69 when he came out with his first record. That was considered to be the first Christian rock album. First song of his I heard started with sipping whiskey from a paper cup. And right away I knew that wasn't gonna fly in church. At 16 my dad decided to show me how to play a bass guitar. He taught me a three chord pattern that fit most of our songs in church. It was so fun that I went to Sears and bought my first Silvertone bass guitar. I paid $50 for it, came in the shape of a violin, and looked just like the one Paul McCartney played. Sometimes the regular song leader couldn't make it on a Sunday, and eventually my dad had me leading the song service. He didn't have a lot of volunteers to call on, so guess who was elected? So I got used to being on stage in front of people. It didn't seem like that big a deal. But let's not forget, I was only 16, and God was not always my priority. There was always a 
major struggle for my attention between God and girls. One of the first scriptural references that I remember relating to was the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, my spirit was willing, but not always in the same direction. It was astonishing how fast I could go from God to the gutter. My prayer life at the time was mostly about asking for forgiveness. In 1970, with my dad's help, I got my first car. It was a 1961 Plymouth Valiant. It was faded green with snow tires on the back and a push-button automatic. The only thing about the test drive that I remember was the radio works. Interesting how you remember songs by where you were first time you heard them. The song I heard on the radio on my test drive... Perfect cruising music. A popular song at the time. Get up in the morning, sleeping for a sup. So that every mouth can be fed. Ooh, the Israelites. That was a groove that always put me in a good mood. I'll take it, I said. But it was my dad who fronted me the entire amount of $250. And he was happy to do it because I used to steal his car. The church donated to us. It was a little three-speed Chevy 2. Racing around town, I managed to tear the driver's side door completely off the car. We won't talk about that incident, but it sure brings back a scripture my mom used to quote to me all the time. You can be sure your sins will find you out. It's hard to find a stopping place when you're trying to tell a story you don't remember very well. I appreciate your interest in the 70s and how Jesus' music started for me. My story is not like the rest of the stories of the hippie world. It was interesting that they felt like they didn't belong, and at the same time, as a church kid, I sure felt like I didn't belong either. No matter what you believe, your soul has a hole in it. I think that's one of the things that we can all agree on. In the end, it comes down to what you fill it with. Hey, thanks for listening to Nutshell Sermons. I really appreciate it. And Please keep coming back.